You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. writing and rewriting history first ever national title for Texas Tech. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, Albie Shore. And the Texas Tech women's basketball team has found themselves right at Front Street, right at the, on the front page of Texas Tech Athletics. And we're here to talk about it because we talk about it all the time, right? But I'm glad that everybody else is able to come and join us in talking about the Texas Tech women's basketball team. And so we're going to talk about them. We're also going to talk about the men, right? Because the men did go to 0-6 in conference. But it's time for us to start the episode with the winning basketball team right now, and that is the Texas Tech women's basketball team as they defeated the Texas Longhorns um, at the USA. And to talk about this, I got the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? Let me tell you all something. <clears throat> we just had an excellent, incredible conversation that we should probably create a Patreon for and just do additional content. You missed out on... The cultural relevance of nannies and bannies in North America. Um, you missed out on uh, parenting 101. And uh, here we are, just to kind of wrap it up with, uh, yes, it's like we have been existing in this nightclub that's awesome. We enjoy it. We 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 are just like bobbing and weaving. And uh, But we're the only ones in here. We're the only ones partying. And now everybody's starting to hear how cool the nightclub is. And it's good to get some more people into it. Um yeah, women, Lady Raider basketball. How how about them? How about them indeed? And, I, you know, one thing that always brings us all together as Red Raiders, as a fan base, is beating Texas. That, that, oh, that's what does yeah. it. Like, I think, I think that we, we talk about it, we make fun as far as everybody just kind of putting their eyes on it. But you beat a ranked Texas team, it don't matter what sport it is. Everybody's gonna gonna come. If you tell me the Texas Tech underwater basket weaving team beat the Texas Longhorns that were ranked, boom, I'm in. I'm all in, baby. And so that's really what happened. So let's let's get into the game a little bit. Texas Tech against 25th ranked Texas. Now Texas uh, was a lot of people picked them to win the conference at the beginning of the year. They had a rough non-con where they lost some games. I think in the non-con they ended up going uh, a nine and five. Or nine and four, sorry, in non-con, but they also had a very like tough non-con. They had to play UConn, they played Louisville, Marquette, Rutgers. 
you know, the USC, they played some tougher teams in that non-con. So to come out of non-con 9-4, and four, at one point you're like, yeah, man, 9-4, and four, that's not great. Flip side of it, you played some tough teams. And so as the conference season started, though, Texas, you started to think, now they're back, right? 4-1, and one, only loss coming, a close loss to Oklahoma State, but uh, went over ranked Kansas, went over ranked Iowa State, went over Kansas State, and you're thinking, this is still going to be a tough – Texas finally gets themselves back into the rankings – and coming into the game as a, as a Texas Tech fan, you're like, man, it's still going to be a tough game. I know Texas beat the crap out of K-State, but it's going to be a much tougher game against the Texas team that's starting to find their stride. But from the very beginning, Texas Tech showed that they were here to win the game. and They, were here, they weren't here for play-play. They were here to make this a tough and serious game. And um, that second quarter was, I really think, set the tone. Uh, you want to talk about, I mean, Coach Gerlich has had Vic Schaefer's number since she came on staff here at Texas Tech. She along she has now joined uh, Marcia Sharp and Christy Curry as the only three head coaches in Lady Raider history to, to defeat UT in three straight seasons. Um, I mean, Vic Shaver has got to be like, I remember in his post-game conference, he was saying that he was just befuddled on how his team played. Because you're right, this Texas team did come into this game with a little bit of swagger. I mean, they had kind of an, a, an awkward non-con. But, you know, this is a team that was picked to finish and top three in the Big 12, maybe fourth, I can't remember. Um, but and they were kind of struggling early on, so people were like, well, I don't really know. Uh, but getting into the conference, I mean, they have ranked wins. They're showing out their players are starting to seem a little bit more cohesive. They were on the momentum train. The problem was they came into Lubbock against the Texas Tech team that was also on the momentum train after we just topped uh, Kansas State in Manhattan. So, um, I mean... Something I think we've had a hard time, Albert, in the past years, especially for this Lady Raiders team, is sustained success, right? The back-to-back wins, uh, especially back-to-back wins against quality teams. Like, we have, we've had a really hard time with that over the co- past couple of years, even before Gerlich's tenure. Uh, there's always been this desire, like this need to, and it feels like Matt Wells, right? Stacking success. <laughs> like It's been really hard for this Lady Raiders team to stack success. Well, they did it, and they did it convincingly. It wasn't like, oh... You know, we just kind of snuck it out against Texas. We balled out against a ranked Texas team at home. It felt good, man. Absolutely. That's a really good stat as far as between the three coaches to beat Texas three years in a row. I would argue that this one with uh, Gerlich is even the most impressive because if you remember the Marshall Sharp teams, those are damn good teams. I mean, most of the time Marshall Sharp is beating Texas. Texas Tech is favored, right, or, or, or the favorite in that game. Uh, even the Chrissy Curry years – Right, even though they weren't as dominant as the Marshall Sharpie, you're still really good teams, still tournament level worthy teams, NIT worthy teams. So, for Chris Chris Gerlich to be the fir- to be the third coach in that one in the first two years, if you knew here, let me tell you, the first two years, the last two years <laughs> have been rough. So to get that Texas two huge upsets, right? Uh, two years ago, winning against 21st ranked Texas last year, another big upset in Austin, and then this year, this is actually probably the first year that I feel like you know what actually. Tech, this wasn't a fluke. This wasn't an upset. This wasn't a big thing. It's Texas Tech. Le- less of it just being a, a a flash in the pan and more of it being proving that they've arrived and that they're here. Um, and that really starts with who else? The one we just talked about putting dropping uh, 37 the other night against K-State, dropping another 30-burger this game, Bree Scott. It's her, man. It's her. I mean, how can you – Bree Scott is one of the most exciting – players in big 12 basketball right now 
I mean, if you, you could say that wholeheartedly, she's going out there. I mean, to be consistently above the 20 mark, back to back to back to back to back games. Um, Bree Scott is doing the most for this team. 28 points. Uh, you know, she's got, uh, she's playing pretty much, she's 35 minutes in the game against Texas. She is out there hustling the whole game. It's not this, you know, go out there, do a lot of scoring, sit on the bench for a little bit, get my rest. It's like, no, she's dominant on the offensive side of the court, but she's also playing an integral role on the defensive side. Something that we really appreciate about, appreciate about coach Gerlich's team and appreciate as Texas Tech basketball fans now is like this effort, this defensive effort, right? It's like, Hey, we're going to go and ball out on the offensive side, but we have transition defense has to exist in the Big 12. we got to get back to our end, and we've got to defend the ball well. And Texas actually capitalized a number of times on that, falling apart. But Coach Gerlich continuing to press the momentum there and continuing to press in these later Raiders. After that third quarter got pretty rough, you know, the fourth, the, the women locked down. And it was all because of this transitional defense. But it wasn't just Bree Scott, right? We had a couple other kind of budding stars coming out of the woodwork didn't we yeah no so first first one i want to give a shout out to kyla freelon hello mm. how's it going like like welcome welcome in uh definitely and one thing i, I love about krista girl and actually coaches is if you start playing well you you gonna play like we're not gonna just hold you on the bench freelon from the very beginning put out some good minutes and she played 23 i think this is her her, her uh season's best 23 minutes in this game um, because she played well. I mean, girls are going to take you out. Keep playing. Keep balling out there. Keep get, getting those rebounds, putting up those putbacks, defending well. Kyla Freelon played fantastically in this game. Also, of course, and, and this is not the first time we've said this, Jazz Shavers, uh, Jazz Shavers another great game here. 13.6 rebounds for her in this game. And so it wasn't just, like you said, it wasn't just Bree Scott and her 31-7. and seven. It was the uh, having that uh, assist from both of them, Bryn Gerlich, again, doing what she does. She had seven points, three assists, and three steals, three big steals in this game. And her defensively. And they also, and I think a lot of this was necessary. Bailey Moppin, Bailey Moppin, Bailey Moppin, sorry, is still uh, nursing that injury. She wasn't able to play in this game. So you got to make it up somewhere, right? Riley McKinney didn't have the best game either. Got to make it up somewhere. And a lot of other players are stepping up in those absences. And this team is really, really starting to gel. It looks great. And also, your girl, Katie Farrell. Another not great, not big on the stat sheet, but big defensively. Big cat making a big difference out there. Uh, you want to talk about stat line that people are probably going to overlook in this one. Um, Texas Tech wins the points in the paint 24 to 22. This Lady Raiders team is 14 and 0 when they hold teams under 30 points in the paint. 14 and 0. If they keep you out of the paint, and that's a lot on the back of Big Cat, they keep you out of the paint, they win the game. Every, I mean, there is nothing saying otherwise at this point. We have won 14 games by keeping opponents under 30 in the paint. It's incredible. Um, Texas Tech shot 22 of 30 uh, on free throws. UT, 2 of 6. Bree Scott, especially late in the game, does, and, and I, I mean professional level of getting into the paint and drawing fouls, especially on their bigs. I mean, it was get the ball to Bree. Bree, if you got a lane, drive it and just get the foul. At, at the very worst, get the foul. And ha- had one of uh, UT's bigs go out uh, pretty early in the fourth quarter. This, this was such a complete game. 
I mean, Krista Gerlich, and you know, let's talk about Kyla Freeland for a second. Um, I remember going to the game, the Oral Roberts game, sitting uh, sitting courtside pretty much, felt good. Whoa, Watching whoa. Kyla, Kyla Freelon. Watch out now. Watch out now. Uh, <laughs> shout out to our girl, Zuri. Um, Kyla's hanging out on the bench. But it's, there is a there is a we had a timeout we had the out of bounds uh, out of bounds played tech ball but there's like a second left a one point whatever it was I tweeted about it Coach Gerlich looks to Kyla on the bench and says it's like it's you and they they apparently they had drawn up a play guess what it's an inbound to Kyla right under the basket it's a it's it's a bucket in like less than two seconds and just like this this trust and I talked about it. Uh, with I talked about it with um, Kinsey after that game, the trust that Coach Gerlich has in Freelon is um, that is like somebody she is building the future with. Her Jasmine Shavers, like there's these players that Coach Gerlich is like clearly I have good veteran players, but I am putting a lot of trust in my younger in my youth in this team, and it is paying off. And it's gonna pay off. It's gonna now it's. It's it's the it's the idea that it will pay off in the future, but like you're saying, it's already paying off now. We're getting it right now, and that mix of youth and Freelon and Shavers and Moppin when she is playing, mixed with the veteran, you know, seniors Bree Scott and and Bryn Gerlich and Tatum Weidenheimer, like that mix is such an incredible mix here at Tech, and and you know, beginning of the season, I'm over here like, shoot, let's just get to any tournament. I don't care what tournament. After watching the game last night, this first of all, best win of the season. I think this. Before before this game, I was I was really looking at the uh, um, Colorado game as the best win of the season, uh, but now I look at it and say, now the best win of the season is this. Like this is the one where I'm saying this is a Texas team that's going to be in the tournament. There's no question about that. I, I don't question whether they're going to be in there or not. Even with this loss, they'll be fine. Um, but once again, you beat Texas, your rival at home, hard fought game, a game that you also was able to restrict runs. There wasn't really any runs on on yeah. either side. Right, which has been something that Tech sometimes struggled with as far as other teams going on these runs. You stop runs. Anytime there was a run, you you, re- you regroup yourself, you regroup yourself, slow it down, get the ball. And there were so many times where Texas has back-to-back points. You know what happens? Bree Scott says, hold on, let's walk it down. Right? Mm-hmm. Or Bryn Gerlich says, hold on, let's walk it down. Right? It's not even taking a timeout. It's just let's regroup. Let's, you know, calm down. Let's get a nice, easy bucket. Let's pass the ball around. Let's let Bree drive through the lane, do something nice. And um, no, it was it was a great sight to see. Very good win, and it made me feel oh so fuzzy seeing the uh, the the post. I love post game locker room videos. Um, yeah. love them. And 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 the tech women don't really use a locker room. They use a, their their studio more than anything. But um, I the that post game celebration with the horn. With Coach Gurley coming in with the horns down, you got Swagstar playing in the in the in the studio and everything like that, and dancing and all of this stuff. I love it, absolutely love it. Um, it was fantastic. Triggered some Longhorn fans. Like that's that's what, that's what it's all about. It's the chemistry. Um, speaking of, did you were you aware? So remember, we had this player on our team last year, um, Hattie Fay. Big, big Hattie Faye, who was a promising player for Texas Tech, somebody who was kind of filling out her role, needed to be a little bit more conditioned. Well, in the offseason, she disappears. She transfers down to UT in Austin. And you think for a second, dang, we lost a good one. Well, 
Uh, former Lady Raider, Hattie Faye, scored just one point, and she only played nine minutes and 45 seconds, uh, but she was 0-2 from the floor. So her time at Texas may not be as beneficial. However, on the other end of things, we have a former Texas player ourselves, Ashley Chevalier, who has been um, a huge boost to this team. Anytime she gets on the – and she didn't play a lot during the Texas game. She didn't you know, pad the stats in any kind of meaningful way. Um, but definitely plays a big energy role right now on this team. I think Chevalier is kind of still discovering her role on this team. Uh, but been, has been, you know, just it just been. I remember she tweeted after the game. She was like, "I'm right where I need to be," pretty much, and just thought that was super cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I, th- I think you know they're building something special in this program. Right. I mentioned it. So Logan Johnson from Houston Christian High School, she's going to be on this. She's going to be on the team next year. She's the 89th ranked player in the country, um, according to ESPN. And they're building something. So you have Moppin and Shavers and, and Freelon, right? And you, you add uh, uh, a Chevalier and you add um, Johnson coming in next year. And there's actually a local center from Lubbock Monterey that's also going to be on the team next year. And then you know you you also add a certain superstar, Leah Chavez, that's in the class of 2025, that's one of the top five, also in Lubbock, Monterey, one of the top five girls basketball players in the country, and she is amazing. And so, Gerlich, do whatever you can. If we got to pay him, I'll, I got a dollar, right, to get, get a Leah Chavez here. But <laughs> we're building something special, and that's and that's the thing. And I think this win against Texas um, really isn't the start, because I really think that the, the, what's been building has already been, it's, it's kind of gotten here, but now noise is being made, right? You even got national women's basketball people tweeting about it, talking about, man, that's a nice Texas Tech. I got, I'm just got to buy some Texas Tech stock, you know, shout out to the committee. Um, and so that's, uh, that's great for the program. And it's just, it's just going to build, build even more. And, and Texas Tech, we do, you know, it's, it's, if we, it's just a big win. We, we're going to start it off this Saturday at West Virginia. We can keep going on this kind of the streak that we have going on. That's really good right now. Uh, West Virginia, not the best team, right? No. Um, not the best team. Definitely a winnable game. That being said, Texas Tech was still not at a spot where we can act like we can overlook anybody. So, so still need to go in there. It's going to be a tough environment because you're flying out to Morgantown. So we'll see how that works, but um, definitely an opportunity to get another win and do what, Jeremy? Stack wins. Stack success. Stack, Stack success. success. Stack success. Well, there and we, we do need to be cautious about West Virginia because although they did lose to Kansas, who this Kansas, it, it's it's Kansas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia is kind of like the melting pot of the Big 12 right now. We're, we're all kind of... Who's going to come out on top? Who's churning the most butter here? Uh, West Virginia did pick up a really good win. At the time, 18th-ranked Baylor. Uh, but they did kind of beat Baylor in Morgantown 74-65 before losing to Kansas 77-58. So this is an up-and-down West Virginia team. Texas Tech is going to, like, we're going to Morgantown, like you said. So it's going to be, you know, Coach we're going to have... We're going to have to take the success, celebrate it, move on. Because West Virginia is going to give us everything that they have at home. They do play a lot better at home than they do on the road. So if we're going to get a win, it's going to, it, it's going to take a complete game from this, from this team yet again. So let's, let's stack some success. Absolutely. Now, we go from a team that's trying to stack success to a team that's just trying to have any success possible whatsoever, anything. 
Um, and that's the men's side. <laughs> the, the men's side have fell to 0-6 in conference. I don't think anybody would have predicted this. We were talking about it in the group chat before. Coming into the season, I predicted that Tech basketball would finish fourth in the conference. Um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I think that's safe to say. That is not going to happen. We, you know, this is a young team. Um, very young team. And, and also our the guy that was projected to be potentially our best player on the team just played his first game. Just played his first game um, against the Texas Longhorns, and and that fell to zero and five. But against the Baylor Bears, Tech lost again. Tech lost again. Sorry, eighty one to seventy four, and another game that never really felt like Tech had a good shot at winning. Baylor continually kept Tech at an arm's length. Never got blown out. I think the largest uh, um, deficit Tech had was fourteen, but. There was never a time, or 16, sorry. There was never a time where Tech felt like we were really going to win, even though we weren't getting blown out. Yeah, just another hard one. I mean, you you in that first half down just 48 to 40, and you feel maybe, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for this this team to bounce back. And you do outscore uh, Baylor in the second, 34-33. It's just not enough. Like, it's not, like you said, Baylor continued. Um with the runs Texas Tech was trying to curate there at the end. I mean, Kerwin Walton coming out of nowhere, deciding that he wants to shoot good threes. Yeah, <laughs> look like he's been shooting threes his whole life, and that's fine. Um, it, it just, it nothing was adding up. And um, yeah, man, incredibly, it's so hard, and it's so hard for Texas Tech fans, I think, to see this team, first of all, you're 0-6. Uh, let, let, you know, let's stop. You're 0-6. Comma, that is unacceptable for a number of reasons. Comma, we're not, or, you know, but we're not, we're not calling for anybody's job right now. The sky is not falling, Jeremy. Is that what you're saying? Are you the sure sky the sky is, is not falling? I'm not looking up, but it is, I don't feel any rain. So, um, you know, the thing is, is just like, and our producer, our poor producer, Dylan Smythe, I mean, he he went out on a limb and he tweeted. He he put it out there, man. And the responses that some of the some of the people out there on the Twitterverse gave, and every, you know, every fan, every fandom has those has those people, but like ah, sorry, How Dylan. How dare you tell me not to be mad? <laughs> you cut I your want, hair, sir. You cut your I want you <laughs> if I want to be pissed at the head coach and tell him that he should be fired. And go to go screw himself. That's my right, damn it. That's my right. So let me ask you this: um, the the tweet here that from somebody else. Well, we won't mention who, but you know it if you've seen it. The precedent, the you know, quote the precedent, precedent, not president, has been set. You know, you fire Wells midseason, you bring on McGuire, and suddenly you have a impressive football team. Whatever his lot, whatever the logic was there. So therefore, if we fire Mark Adams midseason, we're going to pick up an even better coach and then we're going to win the Big 12 next season. So, Albert, yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about <laughs> why that may or may not be true. That's how that works. I will say it's uh, in college athletics, I do find it very interesting how sports do affect each other. So I'm of the opinion that one of the reasons why Matt Wells had such a short leash was because of how successful the basketball and baseball teams were doing. And everybody wanted that same success on the football side. And so now as the football side really starts to ramp up, people still want that continued success on the men's side. Um, <clears throat> and <clears throat> is also I'm also convinced 
y'all weren't here from 07 to 2016. I'm convinced of this at this point. Yeah. Right. Y'all weren't here during that time to be calling for Matt, for, for, um, Mark Adams head right now. Uh, listen, it's been tough. It's been, it's been a rough, a rough time. And I know with some of the rumors that were out there earlier this year, I think that just soured a lot of people and, and, we, and a lot of people don't even know what's true and what's not. Right. Like that's the thing is they're just rumors. Some of it was true, but some of it, but some of it was not. And um, they're just rumors, right? And so everybody just has these opinions about all these things, about how, oh, well, Mark Adams is this and that and the other. Just six months ago, we thought he was, you know, the cutest little godlike creature that could ever coach a basketball. And now six months later, it's like, oh, well, you know, he's this, that, and the third, and, and all types of disrespectful names. It's... It's a little bit ridiculous. You know, this is a tough, these down years happen. And this is going to be, a, and not only is this a down year, this is a pretty bad year, right? We're now 0-6 in conference. And and uh, we talk about this Texas Tech-Baylor game here. The defense was bad. The defense was very bad against Baylor. Um, and yeah. so I, and I get the idea that with a defensive guru, we shouldn't have this defense this bad. But guess what? That's what happens when you have a lot of freshmen on the team. That's what happens when, you, when your supposed best player had a big injury and he and he's very unconditioned. Like he's, he's the conditioning is very bad for Amac, and you can't blame him for it, right? He he hasn't really played a lot of basketball, but we at the same time we still need him. He still played decently, but his conditioning is not there to be able to play the defense that we need him to play. Um, the guys are young, right? Guys like Pop tries hard, but his defense needs help. Jalen Tyson actually had a really good game, but he also needs help on defense, right? So the defense, these are young guys that are still kind of struggling. Davion Harmon is a guy who had a really good start to the season and has kind of gone through a rough patch lately, right? I think this is one of the worst games he's probably had all season, to be honest, this game against Baylor. And is fighting through these rough patches. Last year, the team was full of veterans, full of guys that just wanted to prove themselves, that were 22, 23, that just wanted to go in there and, and show the world what they can do, but were 22, 23. As we look at this now... Harmon's a super senior, Amex a super senior, and that is about it. It's about it from everybody that played. Yeah. And so, like, and then O'Banner, of course, was here last year. But, like, that, that's about it as far as transfers. Everybody else is young. Every, even even Walton. Walton was, what, he was a freshman in North Carolina last year? Like, he's, he's also still young. And so, like, all these guys are young. Not to mention Lamar Washington, young. KJ Allen, young. Daniel Bacha, young. Jalen Tice. Like, it's one of those things where I feel like people, because they remember their name last year, they just think, oh, okay, well, they can't be young. They're on last year's team. That's not how that works. All these, most of the players on this team can't buy a drink at the bar, right? So, just these these things are going to happen. We got to take our time. We got to take a step back. Are we the worst team in the Big 12? We might be. Listen, we might be. But it's going to take, so was Iowa State a few years ago. Right? So I know you've said it a couple times. So was Iowa State a few years ago. So was K-State just last year. And look at K-State now. Pump the brakes. Give it some time. Right? Let let Mark Adams and company cook. The players still believe in him. We got to believe in him. Right? I feel like all I feel like I'm always preaching patience, Jeremy. Whether on both sides. It's either preaching patience because it's either pre- preaching patience in that, um, hey, this guy's let him figure it out. Or... Preaching, preaching patience in that. Uh, let's uh, I don't, let's let's just wait and see. But it ain't, it ain't looking <laughs> ain't looking too good. So I'm always preaching. Patience. <laughs> it ain't looking good. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and I think you bring up a real you bring up a really good point. I was gonna kind of hone it there too. I do talk about Iowa State a lot. 
I do, you know, Kansas State also trash. And now suddenly, who are the top three teams? It's Kansas State, Kansas, and Iowa State. Um, Texas Tech fans, surprisingly, and it is almost defies logic, very much like this basketball team who outshot Baylor, you know, uh, in the field, you outshoot them 50, 50% to 48%. In the three, you're outshooting them 38.7 to 37.9, you know, and you still lose the game. Um, Tech fandom defies logic sometimes. I don't understand how a people who are so, you know, cut from the earth style, you know, we're, we work hard for what we earn, you know, this, that, and the other, to have so much of a Texas fan, like a UT Texas fan uh, mentality that if we're not winning, we deserve something else. We deserve better. Yeah. Not not, not this, oh, we're not winning. We'll grind this out. We'll work hard to get out of it. It's like, no, we're not winning. Fire that guy. Fire that bleep. You know, it's just like, <laughs> where did this come from? We are not UT Austin fans, and yet we're doing the same things that they are. And we're like, yeah, those guys suck. But you know what? I'm not going to take that crap. I bet any coach in the country would want to coach here. And just... Uh, it's, it's frustrating. And so to, to pull it all together, you are correct. If anybody took the time, doubtful, if anybody took the time to watch the post-game presser, the players are all in on Mark Adams. Mark Adams is all in on the players. The whole team is all in on this basketball season, right? Nobody's given up. Everybody recognizes that this is not ideal, and everybody's trying what they can to make it happen. You are playing the lottery with the amount of transfers that you bring in year in and year out, you are going to have years. You just don't win. Yeah. Period. Like that's it. And guess what? We're not winning. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I've been around a lot of 10 and eight Texas tech teams. Um, This is probably the first time that I can remember that we were a 10 and eight and disappointed by it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In the early 2010s, we'd be like 10 and eight. All right. <laughs> Above 500. Yeah, we think you can get some things done. <laughs> Y'all ain't ready for us. Yes, let's go. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just the, the the team still needs to learn how to win. Point blank. We talked about it last episode. Team still needs to learn how to win. Once they learn how to win, then hopefully they can, they can stack some here and there. But I think if you are somebody that's watched the women's side of things, right, it took the women two years to learn how to win. Right, it, it's learning how to get to win a game. Going to be so important for Jalen Tyson, for Pop Isaacs, for Lamar Washington, for for you know for those guys as they as they get better and as they move forward. Right, getting AMAC more conditioned is going to be important. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, when it comes to this season, got ever guys, this is a rebuild year. My my big theory is there's no such thing as a moral victory. Unless you suck. Well, Jeremy, I saw a lot of moral victories against Baylor. <laughs> um, Kerwin Walton played good. Uh, Jalen Tyson played played well offensively. Right? A lot of moral victories against Baylor. And so that's what the season's going to be. This season's really going to be. It's not one where, are we going to make the tournament? No, we're not going to make the tournament. I mean, let's just, let's just point that line in the sand. We're not going to make the tournament. Probably at this point, not even making the NIT. This is now a season where we say, okay, let's grow. Let's grow. How is Pop doing as he gets better? How is Jalen Tyson doing as he get, gets better? Right? Let's. And what are this. we doing to get better? What are we doing to get better? Are we able to get these wins? Right? We have 
coming up is at Kansas State. It's going to be a tough one, let me tell you. 0-7 is, is right in our rear view. I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have West Virginia and at LSU coming up right after that. Those are two winnable games. Can we find a way to get those wins? Hell, it's not like Texas Tech hasn't been in, game, in these games. So a situation of at Kansas State, I'm just joking about us not having a shot. We've been in almost every other game but Iowa State. I mean, hell, even against Baylor, if the if the defense, the offense wasn't what lost us the game, it was the defense. Tighten up the defense, we got a better shot. And so I think instilling some of these, some of this will be beneficial. Um, but you know, it just it's just patience. We got to see it. Look at the bright side. Look at some of the look at some of the moral victories of okay, well, are these guys progressing? Are we playing team basketball? Is the defense getting better? What can we see in this? Can Bacho and Amac actually play together? And from there, we can see what the success is. But we have to we have to recoordinate this season because the postseason is is just it is it's just not going to happen this year, right? And like I think the once as a fan base we understand that we can redirect, we can recoordinate instead of asking for people's heads. We can say let's see what it looks like now that we have had to change course on everything. How are people progressing? And then next year, it's all right. We had a year of rebuild with Pop and Jalen and all them. Time to time to go bust some ass. Yeah, yeah. And you got to remember, this is some of these players' first time ever playing X, ever playing Iowa State, ever playing uh, Texas, ever playing Kansas, ever playing God, ever playing Kansas is its own thing, right? Like that's that that is like you're playing one of the storied teams in college basketball. And you know what? You only lost 75-72 with a with a couple of freshmen out there balling out. That's that's impressive. There's the moral victory. <laughs> but it's just like we're we're getting to the back half of the conference and I want to give people some encouragement. No, I do agree. You're not going to the tournament this year. If you do, it's going to be a miracle and I'd put $5 on that right now because if you do, I'm going to win 5 million bucks. Um you're on the back half of the conference, which means you get to see everybody once again. You get to see them in their arena. You get to see them in your arena, whatever the alternative is here. You get to see them again. So these players, Pop Isaacs, these players, Jalen Ty, they're seeing these. Uh, they're seeing the teams with the players that they played earlier this season again. This is where they grow. This is where they make the choice to be a – this is where they make the choice to be better. I know this player. He did this to me last time. How am I adjusting? How am I training myself to be better in this moment? And that's when the growth happens. So, hey, if we can squeak out an NIT invite, that's awesome. If not, I'm still happy with this season because you're you're going through the gauntlet that is the Big 12. It is the pressure that makes diamonds in this stupid conference. So next year, you the, the big the big hurdle here in the offseason is how does Mark Adams keep as much of this team together as possible? Because the NIL is real. The boogeyman is at our front door. You know, everybody's going to be backing up the truck. Everybody in the nation is going to be backing up the truck for Pop Isaacs. You keep Pop Isaacs throughout the offseason, that's one of your biggest victories for Coach Adams as his as head coach, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's not just Pop, just the, the, the young, all the youngsters, right? Lamar. All the youngsters. Lamar, Bacho, um, uh, uh, Tyson. All right, Jalen Tyson. And Jalen Tyson has really started to come into his own recently, offensively. I still think he has work to do defensively, but he's really coming to his own offensively, and that's good. And unfortunately for Texas Tech also, we play in the Big 12. We play in the Big 12. Do you know, Jeremy, that our BPI rank would actually be ranked, which is dead last in the conference, 
would be second in the Big Big Ten right now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's life in the Big 12, baby. Perspective, man. It's perspective. It is what it is. So, anything else you want to say to the people? Nope. Hey, we still got sports, man. And you know what? If you just can't shake it, the fact that this team is losing, um, baseball's coming up at some point, you'll be fine. Let me tell you something. If you're a Texas Tech fan and can't shake the fact that one of your teams is losing, I pff, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you're not you not a real Texas you're Tech not a fan. Real te- you, are you new here? <laughs> Listen, we we get it out the mud, okay? We we're uh, hey, we have to grind cool. throughout for ours, all right. So that's it, and this is it's grind season, right? But the women are showing what the fruits of labor can come out to, right? Like they're showing if you grind it out for two and a half years. You might have something beneficial at the end of it. And so watch women's basketball. They're good. They're fun. They're exciting. Bree Scott is exciting. Bree Scott, listen, unfortunately, Bree Scott plays in the same conference as Ashley Jones. She's probably not winning the player of the year. But she should get at least some, some shout-outs. She's about to – she won player of the week last week. Uh, she's probably the front runner to win player of the week again this week. Right? So – um, at the very least, if, even if she doesn't get player of the year because she's in the same conference as Ashley Jones, first team all Big 12, she's playing like it. Put her on there. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got. It's all Jeremy got. So, for the women's basketball team, for the men's basketball team, and for Jeremy Gillen, this is Albie Shore, and you've been listening to Tortillas and Takes Podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast, Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.